The Cinema Limbo podcast is part of Podnose, the UK's leading independent entertainment podcasting network. For episode archives of Cinema Limbo and all of the shows on the network, visit us at www.podnose.com. You can also follow us on Twitter via at Podnose or send us an email via admin at podnose.com. There's an old Greek proverb that before setting out for revenge, first dig two graves. My name is Jeremy Phillips, writer, critic, and harbour pilot, and you're listening to Cinema Limbo. Tonight's festive symposium covers License to Kill, the 1989 James Bond adventure starring Timothy Dalton, Carrie Lowell, and Robert Darby. And my guest is Amy Parr Young, a medical professional who nevertheless accepted my offer of mince pies during the programme. Um, I'm a big James Bond fan. I've wanted to cover a, a Bond film in cinema limbo right from the start. And Licence to Kill was an obvious choice because it is, by a significant margin, the lowest grossing Bond movie. Right, yes. Um, if one adjusts for inflation, it made something like a third of what Spectre made. Yeah. Not good. No. Um, what did you think of it? Well, I'd never seen it before for a start. Right. So uh, I was going in there very blind. I quite enjoyed it. I had a few ideas of what people thought about it before and people had said it was one of the the start of the darker bonds. So it was supposed to be a bit more serious. Yes. Uh, And having seen mostly only recent bonds, again, the comparison is very different because the more recent bonds are very, are much darker again. Yeah. In a way, it would have been better to to watch it at the time if you were already a Bond fan, mm. because it would have it would have been very different to you then. To see it in context. Yeah, exactly. This was Timothy Dalton's second Bond movie. His first Living Daylights, two years earlier, had been quite successful, but was it struck a balance in tone between the Roger Moore movies, which mm. had just finished, and this, which is a lot. Also, it had a, a level of seriousness and groundedness to it, mm. but it wasn't as relentlessly violent. <laughs> yes, it wasn't as sexy either. I thought this kind of I, it, there was issues in it that I, I just thought it, it didn't follow all of the usual patterns. No, I feel that it's it's trying to hew closer to Ian Fleming, mm. the original novels and there's quite a lot of lifts out of the original books of bits that weren't used for previous adaptations right but we can get to those as as we go yeah it starts with the the traditional gun barrel um and a very muscular version of the bond theme yeah it is it is a great soundtrack as well yeah it's michael cayman's only uh contribution to the bond series john barry who was the the regular composer was asked and he i think I think he declined because there was a um, schedule conflict. Oh, okay. Um, so Michael Kamen was brought in, an English composer, who worked a lot in TV and had also written the music for Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Which is clearly a template for mm. License to Kill. Yeah. And it was thought that he would give the right kind of tone 
to the movie. To the movie, yeah. Um, Michael Wilson is the co-producer of the, the 80s Bond movies and the co-writer of the script has a cameo right at the beginning as well. Oh. He's the voice, uh, the radio voice says, oh, this time we'll get to catch the bastard ah. as the plane's coming into land in the Bahamas. He has a little cameo in all the Bond movies. Ah. In the, do you remember Casino Royale, the scene where the local police chief is arrested? Yeah. The local police chief is played by Michael Wilson. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Oh. It's a, <laughs> he started out as a lawyer and the original Bond producer, Albert Broccoli, was his stepfather. So he was kind of co-opted into the family business. Mm. And he's wound up being a writer and producer and a very, very successful one. Mm. Right place, right time. Yeah. But uh, the movie itself starts with uh, Bond and Felix Leiter yep. heading to a wedding. Yeah, <laughs> with Sharky. With Sharky, who's um, an original character, but clearly based on Quarrel, who is... Bond's sort of recurring ally in the Bahamas and the, the Caribbean. Mm. And Felix Leiter is getting married. Yeah. Now, uh, obviously in previous ones, Felix worked for the CIA. Now he's working for the DEA. With yeah. no explanation of how he's been transplanted. Mm. Um, and they get a message that Fran Sanchez, the most wanted man south of the border, is in the Bahamas. And this is their chance to capture him. Yeah. And Sanchez is introduced when he bursts in on the love nest of his girlfriend who's run away. Yeah. And her lover. Lupe. Lupe, yes. And he says, says to her, what did he promise you? His heart? Mm. Turns to his henchman, give her his heart. Yes. And they cut his heart out. Yeah. And then he proceeds that he goes on to whip her. He whips her with the tail of a stingray. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh. I thought was it, that was quite a, uh, a weird start to the movie, I must say, the whipping theme. Well, did you notice that the movie is rated 15? No, I just... no. Huh? See the, my, my Blu-ray over there? Yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the only Bond movie rated at 15. All the previous ones have been PG. Oh. Um, and in fact, the original cut of Licence to Kill was an 18. Mm. So they had to tone it down quite a bit. Yeah, well, as the movie goes on, there is a bit more gruesome stuff going on. When that man bursts... Yeah, the bursting man when, was... When the other ones fed into a mincing machine. Yeah. <laughs> Many a moment. As uh, Bond and uh, Leiter are heading off to capture Sanchez, we do get a cutaway to uh, his bride's limousine with the bride's father, who's absolutely furious. Yes, saying he was never going to be a good idea. <laughs> yeah. But as they're heading back, they manage to intercept... Sanchez at the airfield. By this point, Sanchez has jumped out, though. Yes, he's oh. he's he's expected that he'll be uh, uh, anticipated there. Yeah. So he slunk he slunk away and is taking off in his own little plane in the middle of a firefight. Mm. But as the uh, the bond theme kicks in to show how heroic they are, the helicopter uh, Felix and Bonner gives chase. They abseil down. Managed to dangle Bond down. Yes. yes. While in his morning suit all yes. the time. And he hooks a line around the rear of the plane and they just pick it up and dangle it. Yeah. And carry it away. Yeah. Which is the same thing they do in the beginning of The Dark Knight Rises. Oh. They do exactly the same thing of intercepting a plane in midair. Hmm. Many years later. Many years later. 
And the next bit I really liked, which is when they skydive into the wedding. They skydive all the way down to the wedding. They land right outside. Right the there, uh, right outside in front of her, and they're all just they all burst into applause and yeah. laughter. And the the bridesmaids pick up their parachutes mm. like they're like a bridal like show. A, yeah, exactly. And they off they go. Yeah. And the bridal march segues into the the opening theme song. Hmm. What do you think of the opening with the of the uh, the theme? very good I thought it was um, it it was serious and I thought that part, see this is I thought it was serious it was sexy it was good I thought it was everything a Bond normally is to be honest well they got into a bit of trouble because the main riff of it is actually nicked, nicked from the theme for Goldfinger oh ba 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 it's Goldfinger right and it's also the longest Bond theme ever Oh. It's the only one that's over five minutes. Oh. That's, a, that's a pub fact. <laughs> um, I'm looking through the, the opening titles. You can see that it's a lot of the people who worked on this wouldn't do another Bond movie. This was the last Bond movie for six years. Oh. And when it came back, it was reinvented. It was post-Cold War. You had Pierce Brosnan running it and Judy Dench's M. So uh, Cubby Broccoli, this was his last Bond movie, as producer, had retired. Richard Maybaum died before the next one was made. Maurice Binder, who'd done almost all the opening titles up to this point, died the following year. Virtually every single major figure who worked on the movies to this point left mm. and handed over to the next generation after this. Did they probably do that as well because it didn't do so well? It was a contributing factor. Um, the, the main reason that it took so long was because they got bogged down in lawsuits. Mm. <laughs> MGM no, it's not MGM, it's United Artists, that owns the Bond distribution rights, has a track record of going into bankruptcy right. regularly. And the Bond movies are pretty much the only asset they have that's worth anything. Mm. And where there's bankruptcy, there are lawsuits. And a couple of years after the movie came out, um, the company was sold, the new owners wanted to license the Bond films for TV showing, but at a much reduced rate. And Broccoli took him to court. Oh. And the court case went on for ages. Mm. And by that time, he was in his mid-80s. Mm. And th- yeah. things had changed so much that yeah. it, was, it was time for a new approach. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Another problem was that the budget on the movie was relatively tight. This is the only Bond film that was shot entirely outside the UK. Yes, I had heard that. Um, on location in Florida and Mexico. Mm. and in studios in Mexico City. And it does give the film a slightly odd feel, because there's only one very short scene that's set in London. Which is in an office. Which is in, yeah, yeah, which is in M's office. Yeah. And you think they could have probably afforded to do that in the UK just so they wouldn't have to ship the actors over. Yeah. Because it's Money Penny's only scene. Yes, it is. While he's in custody and being interrogated, Sanchez is incredibly cheery. <laughs> he's so good-humoured all the way through. He's very cocky. He yeah. is. What did you think of him as a villain? I thought he was a good villain, actually. Because he, he didn't have any sort of deformities or any sort of, you know, he was pretty good, realistic character, I thought. Mm. He's very charismatic and yeah. very, very witty and well-written, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it helps that he's inspired by real people. Well. Like Pablo Escobar, mm. General Noriega. He wasn't a comedic villain, is what I, you know. I, no, he wasn't. He was witty, but he wasn't funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, 
And he famously offers people million-dollar bribes. Yes. But on this occasion, he's offering two. And when, while he's talking to um, Killifer, which is yes. a very sinister name. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the wedding... Oh, actually, they've had the wedding. They're now at the reception. Bond is having a really great time. Well, I thought this was weird. It's so odd to see him actually looking cheerful and having fun. Yeah. And also kissing the bride. Yeah. I thought that was weird. I get the impression that maybe that he and Della have a bit of a past. Mm. And that may, and Felix is clearly aware of that and okay. And okay with that, yeah. yeah. It was a very kind of a threesome type of, you know, they were very, very, you could tell mm. all three were very close, yeah. yeah. So the funny thing is that uh, Felix had appeared briefly in the previous film, uh, The Living Daylights. But before that, he hadn't been in a Bond movie in 14 years. Mm-hmm. And that was the only other time he was played by David Hedison. Mm. He, was in his, he was 61 when this movie was made. Mm. But they thought it would be important to cast a previous Felix mm. so that the audience is all primed to be sympathetic rather yeah. than just say, oh, it's the new version of this character. It's, it's someone who you already know. Yeah, because he does look quite a bit older as well. Yeah. Especially to his wife. Who... Yeah. Yeah. He does look a bit older than his wife. Yeah. Whilst the reception's going on, Felix is actually working in mm. his study with uh, a young woman who excuses herself as soon as Bond walks in. Yes, a bit shifty looking. Yeah, and um, <laughs> Felix takes the CD out of his big CD drive yeah. on his computer and hides it in... A photo of Della behind it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's the other thing about the Bond movies, is that the context is so important that now the you know the technology that they use and you know you're supposed to be impressed every time you see a Bond movie about oh this new technology yeah and when you're watching these old ones you think ah oh, a CD then would have been pretty yeah a CD amazing. Run, a CD run in 1989 was was cutting edge but it was also real yeah yeah um, but that's the thing of looking back at them they do date quite quickly because of that. And yet later on you've got ridiculous gadgets like the, um, the X-ray laser Polaroid gadget. Yes, that was amazing. That was one of my favourite parts of the film. <laughs> <laughs> so again, that was, it was more comedic, but because of the context, it works nicely. Yeah. It's so serious, and then you have the silly joke. Yes, it was funny. Um, Sanchez is being driven away. He smiles for the press as he's being led away. And as they're driving across the... Very long bridge. The very long bridge in, yeah. the, in the Keys... And the DE agent is in there with him, and the with the driver. Yes, Killifer. He smashes the driver in the face, grabs the wheel, and drives them over the side into the water. And I really didn't know what was going on at that point. That did surprise me. I was shocked. Um, guards arrive under the water, and Sanchez is rescued, and so is Killifer. Killifer, yeah. And they're taken away in a little underwater boat, whilst at the wedding. They have a little, Felix and Della have a little gift for James. Mm. A lovely lighter. A, light, a Felix lighter, of <laughs> course. Which is, uh, it's good because this is the last movie in which Bond smokes regularly, ironically enough. Uh. It actually has the Surgeon General's warning in the end credits. Oh. To say, smoking is very, very bad for you. <laughs> Rather than, as now, say, no, we, you know, no, no one gave us money and we don't endorse it. So, mm. no, smoking is bad. It's all in a, in a box and everything, so that you know that they just copied it out from the cigarette packet. <laughs> um, and later, James leaves the wedding, and it's 
he's the last one to go. Mm. Which I thought was a bit sad because it's he never gets a chance to relax. He never gets a chance to enjoy himself. So he's making it last as long as he can. Mm. And um, Felix mentions as Della sort of flirts him a bit, just lets him go. He says, "Oh well, he was married once." Yeah. In um, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, assuming that all the Bond movies are one character mm. and everything happened to that character, and I don't think the writers really that concerned about no. continuity. No. <laughs> but they they go back in the house and there are gunmen there. Yeah. And at that stage, they uh, they the decide to kidnap Felix. Yeah. And you're not really sure what's happened to Della. No. Well, we'll get to that in a moment. Mm. Um, Sanchez has a contact in the US, Milton Crest, who is uh, an oceanographer. And he tells Sanchez that he really doesn't like Kelifer. Mm. But Sanchez said that you know, he, made a, he made a deal with him and he keeps his word because loyalty is more important than money. Mm. And that is, that's the moral of the film. Mm. And it's weird that it comes from the villain because it winds, it ends up coming around and right. biting him on the yeah. bottom. Um, Lupe, meanwhile, is on Crest's yacht, the Wave Crest. And um, is very, is very subdued. Is has accepted her fate that she is. Yeah, to be. she. Yeah, later on, where she says, where Bond notices that she has these wounds on her back, says, "Oh, I did something that displeased him." Yeah. And. Um, I, I deserved it or something like that yeah like, wow he's really got a number on her mm. but they drag Felix out into this warehouse on the waterfront and he says oh where's where's my wife mm. and they thought did you recognise the henchman well yes a very young Benicio del Toro 21 years old really he looked very hot I must <laughs> say well I think that's uh, I, I noticed that looking at this a lot of people say he's really evil but Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Nice on the eye, Benicio. The only Oscar-winning Bond henchman. Oh. As well. Mm. No, he, was, he was good. He was a, a good addition. He's good. He's really... I mean, it's mentioned that he was thrown out by the Contras, who were a group famed for their brutality yeah. and violence. So, that, wow, he was too crazy for the crazy yeah. people. He does have a crazy look in the eye, though. He does all the way through. He's very good. Yeah, mm. it's, it's very good performance. Um, but Felix says, where's my wife? And he says, oh, don't worry. We gave her a nice honeymoon. Mm. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Mm. That's really horrible. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's really earning its 15 rating. And it was rated R in America. So you had to be sent. You had to be 18 to get in without an, without an accompanying adult. Yeah. <laughs> they really got, I mean, even Fleming would stop short of that. And Fleming would quite happily do stuff about how gay people can't whistle, how women, <laughs> how women are all thick, mm. and this sort of thing. Mm. And using the N-word in his chapter titles. <laughs> <laughs> there aren't even any black people in that book. Well. <laughs> um, Sanchez says, oh, Gringo, this, is, this isn't anything personal. I, no, I don't have anything against you. This is just business. Which is why I'm going to feed you to this shark. Yes. And, re- and remember... Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Ugh. That was horrible as well, but he dangles them over this shark tank. Yeah. And Kil- even Killifer is disgusted by it. Yes. Yeah. And I thought that was uh, going to be 
it really for um, you, you thought that Felix had had for Felix I thought that was it yeah I thought Felix had gone well uh, at the airport the next morning Bond turns up to ca- catch his plane mm. he notices that all those the police around and he asks what's going on he says oh there's someone you know some drug some big drug dealer escaped, escaped yeah and the, and the, the person at death looks up and Bond is just gone he's like yeah. running off into the distance yeah and of course the first place he goes to is their house yeah where he finds Della's body mm. and in Felix's office he finds Felix's body mm. except he's barely still alive yes in this this is nicked from the original book of Live and Let Die where it's the same where Felix goes through the same thing except they very pointedly leave his face covered and there's, there's a cloth over his face that's covered in blood mm. and it's implied that something really horrible happened to his face mm. and it turns out that no actually it didn't <laughs> but here he, he looks fine in the face and you can't really see anything below the top of his chest yes where they've pinned a note where they've pinned a note he disagreed with something that ate him yes that was very funny <laughs> Bob doesn't like that at all. <laughs> no. Um, the the US authorities come in and, and take charge and Bond is obviously helping as much as he can. Yeah. But they say, no, this is this is our business. Yeah. We've talked to you, you've given us all the information that you can step away. Yeah. We will handle this. Bond is not convinced. He's they, not happy with that. No, if it, this is this is too personal for him. He's not just gonna walk away from it. Yeah. So he and Sharky, Sharky identifies that the wounds on Felix are from shark bites. Mm. So they search around for where these bites could come from and they find Crest's facility. Yeah, which I think was very convenient. I think they say that they searched everywhere else. Okay. And then they, they're looking around Crest's facility. And, um, and he pretends to be, I think, from the he, zoo. Pretends to be a zoo interested in buying sharks. Mm. Um, and Crest is just bit, Crest is a horrible character. Yeah. Because he's so slimy and odious. Yes. And um, he basically hustles Bond out of there. But you see if in the corner of his eye Bond noticed the flower. Felix's buttonhole kind exactly, of yeah. that's swept up in the corner. Mm. So they go back at night. Um, and Bond is looking around and he finds a drawer full of maggots. <laughs> Yes, and that is it. It really it doesn't look like it's hard to know what that is supposed to be. I know it's kind of sci-fi when he opens that up and you think, what is all that? What's in there as it's, well? It's supposed to be live bait. Yeah. What they actually used was artificial bait, um, but it looks like pasta. Hmm. Yeah. It looks like a huge vat full of pasta. Moving pasta. Yeah, it's all wriggling. Hmm. But underneath are packets full of drugs. Yeah. As Bond expected. And he is tackled by a guard and he throws the guard into the, mag- yes. into the maggot drawer oh. and closes it and says, Bon Appetit. <laughs> Which again, is really horrible. Those maggots yeah. are going to eat that man. Uh. Um, a firefight breaks out and at one point, all the, the fish tanks are smashed. There's a, a equipment where Bond puts a lobster back in a, a still intact tank. Yes. Oh. Because he's compassionate. Yes, he is. He's so nice. Um, but it also ends with someone in a in the uh, electric eel tank. Yeah. <laughs> which is again very dramatic. And they have a big sign up say "Warning, electric yes. eel." Um, <laughs> the health and safety there, you see. I know. Well, it's it's called OSHA over there. Oh. Um, 
but yeah, they're, they're, they want to make sure because they're running this terrible drug organisation mm. they don't want to get tripped up like Al Capone was no. they call him three sex. we don't want to get lose our huge international smuggling ring because of health and safety no absolutely because mm. cocaine is very good for you <laughs> you should know that mm. <laughs> not that no, not that I'm implying that not me personally no, no professionally yes <laughs> when you used to be a drug dealer <laughs> yes, in darkest southeast London. Actually, that's probably a really good market. Well, yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, where Jude Law was from, you know. Oh. Explain why all his hair fell out. Oh, poor Jude. But uh, Killifer finds Bond and with his Texan charm, because he calls everyone good buddy. Mm, I didn't notice that, actually. Well, Bond picks up on it. Oh. Um. Um... And they fight, and it ends with Kellefer dangling over the shark tank. And he says, look, there's, there's $2 million in that briefcase. I'll split it with you down the middle. Yeah. And once it picks him and says, no, you, keep, you earned it, you keep it. Throws it to him. Yes. And he catches it and obviously falls into the tank. Yeah. By this time, Sharky has appeared. Sharky appears and says, oh, no, what a terrible waste. Yeah. Bollocks him. Oh, of the money. <laughs> Um, Bond and Sharky are going to head off and they investigate the wave crest, but Bond is caught and he's taken to see M. Yes. Who has installed himself in Hemingway's house. Full of cats. Full of cats. Much like my house. Well, yes. There was a few more than that, I think, though. Was there any... Well, why was that? Well, as I discovered, actually, in a recent recording, Hemingway was a big cat lover. Oh. And not in... Um, the way that you know he was always very manly and tough and he thinks well cats are sort of tough and independent so that's the kind of animal he would empathize with no apparently he was a real like a like a cat lady type oh. and there's loads of pictures of him there just cuddling up with mr tiddles <laughs> oh well then maybe that's why then yeah, yeah. so maybe in his uh, in his will he left money for some sort of cat sanctuary yeah 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 Possibly. or for feeding strays mm. but yes he's he's brought before m Yes, he's not very happy with him. No. And I said, really, just leave the Americans to it now. Um, and when Bond is, is not very happy about this, then he says he's going to revoke his licence. Yes, Bond resigns. Yes. What did you think of this version of M? Uh, well, again, because I'm more accustomed to the female version, I, um, I didn't really have much... I didn't care that much about this one. To be honest. Yes, he only has the two scenes. Yeah, he's there with Money Penny as well. And yes. does he appear later? No, well? that's it. No. Mm. He's not a big central figure, you know. And Bond doesn't, I don't get any respect from Bond. No, Robert Brown um, had stepped in earlier in the 80s. The original M was Bernard Lee, mm-hmm. who was in every Bond movie up until um, Moonraker, 1979. And he was supposed to be in For Your Eyes Only in 1981, but he was very ill. And it turned out that he actually died before the film was released. So Robert Brown stepped in for the next four. And then this again was his last Bond movie. He never really gave, oh, had a chance to give his version of M much character or depth. No. In a way that Bernard Lee had been able to build up over time. And in the case of Judy Dench and Ray Fiennes, it's, been care- it's deliberately written into the script to give them much more interest in personality. Yeah, very, yeah. Absolutely. 
But this was also, obviously, it's the name of the film. But I did read that um, the name was changed, wasn't it? Yes, originally it was licence revoked. Yeah. Um, there are a number of stories about why it was changed. Mm. Um, either that test audiences in America didn't know what the word revoked meant, mm. or that they associated the phrase too much with having a driving licence revoked. Oh, I see. This is not, in fact, the only... Uh, there is another Bond movie where Bond doesn't drive. Mm. So it should have been that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, they decided to go for License to Kill mm. instead as being sufficiently exciting and dynamic. Yeah. And it was, in fact, the first Bond movie not to have a title from Ian Fleming. Mm. Uh, there are still three or four left over that have never been used, even today. So... They could have called Quantum of Solace something else. <laughs> they didn't have to give it that pointless name. Yeah. It's a very confusing name. Mm. So, Bond resigns. Yeah. And he turns and flees before he can uh, be disarmed. Yes. And because M doesn't want a scene, he just yeah. says, just... He's, he stops the men from shooting on the grounds there are other people there yeah not that he doesn't want to shoot Bond yeah yeah exactly <laughs> not that he doesn't want to shoot one of his own men yeah it's not there are too many people yeah it's America it's, they, you know, they have gunfights there every day mm. everywhere mm. is like Tombstone Arizona that night uh, Bond sneaks in on board the Wavecrest which again was a very um non-technological way of getting onto this boat. He hides under a fish. No, he's got... I thought his outfit was a manta ray. Now, I've heard this from other people, that they think that's an outfit. It's not. He's hiding underneath it. Oh, OK, OK. That, that's, but see, again, that's very lucky that you had a manta ray going past at the right time. Well, I think there's just a lot in that part of the world. Oh. I really thought it was an outfit. I thought this is a not a very high-tech way of getting on, but it worked. And it was, turns out it's even less high-tech than that. Yes. <laughs> At this point, he has nothing. He has no resources of his own. To yeah. Like well, you could make it out of bin bags. Yeah. <laughs> you know. You would get the realistic flipper action, though. Well. But just okay. in the arms. It's in the arms. <laughs> mm, so he gets onto the ship. He gets on board the ship. And meanwhile, <laughs> Crest is drunk. Mm. And... Being really seedy. Being really horrible. And yeah. Seedy. He just looks, he's sweaty all the time. He's got that little ratty moustache. Yeah, he's got a lazy eye as well. Well, that's the actor. So okay. <laughs> that's not, that's not, that's not, that's not okay. a performance choice. I thought it could be a performance choice. It is, you know, but it, it sort of works in favour. It does help, yes. It always looks like he's squinting. Mmm. Oggling. Yeah. Mm. But Loopy, the girl, is generally quite a, just... Get out of the way. Get out of my room. Yeah, she's... And because she must have some form of power here, because he does do as she says, he doesn't really... I think Chris knows that if Sanchez found out yes. that he had forced himself on her, yeah. he would... That, be would, that would be it. He mm. would be in real trouble. Yeah. So she knows she has that. Even though she hates Sanchez, she goes, at least I have a kind of protection yeah, from exactly. other things. Um and he's at this stage. Bond is sort of he's gone into the, to, into Loopy's room, so she knows he's there. Um, and he's holding a knife to the back of her neck, and she answers the door. Yes. Which I think I liked. I thought it was. It's that kind of thing. He's at the end of his tether. 
Mm. I say, right, I don't cross me. I've had a terrible day. <laughs> I've lost my job. Yeah. <laughs> and I've just had to swim under a manta ray to yeah. get here. Yes. Difficult. But uh, she she doesn't tell them where he is. And, she, doesn't, she, doesn't, um, she doesn't know. She's, she's just his girlfriend. Mm. She has no involvement in his business at all. No. So. Uh, and and Bond sees her scars and he says, "Oh, it's it's my fault. I did something wrong that made him angry." Mm. It's this victim, like you know. Yeah, it's behavior. it's like Stockholm syndrome. Yes. And meanwhile, outside, it's suddenly the daytime. <laughs> yes, I thought this was weird. There's another time when this happens as well later on. Yeah, it's and it's odd because there's no the, the only reason for it to suddenly become day is because then. The action moves to the outside of the boat, yeah. and it means you can see everything properly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, Crestsmen have found Sharky, mm. and they've killed him. They have. Which is sad because Sharky is quite a likable, fun yeah, character. Yeah, he is a nice character, and they've sort of hung him up, strung him up as well. Yeah, like he's a shark. Like I know, horrible, horrible. Again, it's it's really cruel and brutal. Mm. There's the line later on where, I think it's in this, but it might might be somewhere else that there are more chainsaws sold in the Florida Keys than there are in Oregon. Oh. I don't know if it is from this one. I may have heard it from somewhere else, because obviously Oregon's covered in Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those drug mm-hmm. dealers do like their chainsaws. Oh, yeah. Well, at this time, Bond is just trying to escape. He sh- yeah, so he shoots Sharky's killer with a harpoon. Mm. He falls over the side. Bond follows him and nicks his scuba gear. And then there's a very long sequence underwater when all these other guys are going down to find him and you end up with about six scuba divers grabbing onto him yeah. in the coral. Um, and it, it looks a bit like something from the Blue Man Group because there's all, the, all these blue, <laughs> blue scuba divers holding him down and you're thinking, well, that's it for you, Bond. That's it. But no, he does manage to hit a load of them and mm. break the, one of the pipelines for the oxygen, oh, it yes. sort of confuses everybody. Well, then they also send out this underwater probe they have because the, the plane has come into land. Yeah. Um, carrying all the drugs. Yeah. And the, is there, no, no, just drugs, isn't it? Not the yeah. Mm. And Bond grabs onto it, gets it open, and starts stabbing all the bags full of drugs. Yes. And they turn the little camera around to see why the water's all funny colour, and you can see Bond. Bond just stabbing, just stabbing all the paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but he does manage to escape by attaching himself to the plane and getting the pilot throwing him off and then flying away. Yeah, well, it's it's not even as simple as that. Where he shoots one of the plane skids with a harpoon. Oh yes. He water skis behind it. Water skis with his own just with just feet. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. doable. Okay. That's not by me. But yes. Well, no, but it, no, that's how they filmed it. Is it really? Oh yeah, that's. Oh. I mean, that's. It's a stunt, obviously, but yeah. it's, that's how they did it. He's not wearing water skis or anything. Yeah. Um, and manages to sort of angle alongside, mm. let go, and grab onto the the landing strut just as it's taking off. He does hold onto a lot of planes in this film, I must say. He what? does dangle from a lot of planes. He dangles from a lot of vehicles in the first one as well. Mm. The opening titles of um, the opening sequence of the Living Daylights is a one-car car chase down the Rock of Gibraltar with Bond clinging to the roof of a Land Rover mm. and it's really Timothy Dalton mm. as it's going down at like 60 miles an hour and there's yeah. a very long winding road and there's like a thousand foot drop down to the sea yeah. with a 40 year old Welsh actor on the roof <laughs> thinking, 
I don't think this was a very good idea. Well, once you're on, I suppose you can't really stop. But he gets in, he gets in the plane, he climbs in the opposite door, I liked. Yeah. So while one of them's opened the other door and is peering out, he creeps up behind him and pulls the, pulls the hinges out and just pushes him yes. out. Well, simplicity. Yeah, but uh, it means that Bond's flying away with mm. all the wrapped up parcels of money, which turn out to be about $4 million. Yeah. Which comes out to be very handy as the film goes on. Exactly, yeah. But after this, he sort of he has to sort of recompose himself and think, what what other leads have I got? And that's when he remembers the CD from Felix. Yeah. So he goes back to Felix's uh, office, goes back to that photo of Della, and looks through this computer, which again dates the film quite badly. Oh yes. Uh, with the green text on the black background and uh, finds that well, a list of basically informers, it would seem. And they're all dead, except yes. one. Except for Pam Boudier. 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 And it turns out, according to the, the listings on there, the next um, meeting they're due to have is at a horrible, grotty bar mm. on Bimini. Mm. <laughs> and Bond goes there, and it's... A really horrible seedy dive bar. Yeah, with dancing girls. With that, with, and dockers, and it's it's so out of place for a Bond movie. I mean, you couldn't imagine Roger Moore going in there in his white tuxedo. No. But again, it is. It was. A, it was a bit of a. So this sequence, then uh, he meets uh, Pam. Yeah. And and she's looking very out of place as well, to be honest. What, there was not one single woman there just sitting on her own. True, yeah. I would think anyone who was there would be thinking, what's she doing here? But, um, so he goes up to her, starts having a quick chat. And she's, <laughs> she's much more the take charge type because, you know, I've, you know, I've got protection, he's got his little pistol. Mm. And he says, oh, really? Pulls out a sword off shot. Yes. <laughs> on the table. And Benicio del Toro arrives again. Yeah. And plonks himself down next to them mm. with his little henchman. Clearly something's about to happen. Mm. But a, a fight breaks out. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's quite a comedic bar brawl, I would think. Which I didn't think was... I, really. It was so out of character for Bond. I thought it was really odd. Some of it is a bit more serious. So there's some more sort of realistic fist fight stuff. And there's another bit where someone attacks Bond with a swordfish. Yes. And there's one bit where he sort of looks up and there's the dancing girl who's still dancing yeah. right in front of him. And he's like, oh, hello, and then turns around and gets back to fighting. <laughs> yes. Pam blows a hole in the wall with a shotgun yeah. so they can get to their boat. And as they're getting away, Dario leans out through the hole and shoots her in the back. Mm. But it turns out she's wearing a flak jacket. Yeah, because she's clever. So. Yeah, well, it's out that she is a former... Army pilot Army and pilot. CIA agent. Yeah. She's... Hard as nails. She's very tough. She's mm. very experienced. She's a very good match for Bond, I think. Yeah. She's always rescuing him. Yeah, she is quite... Yeah, she is always rescuing him. But she has this... Um, the one thing I didn't like throughout it, then, is that she does have... Seems to be jealous and this sort of female, you know... Oh, I see. Jealousy but... bit, which I, doesn't, I don't think then couples up with the whole independent woman who can kick bum. Well, that's the thing, is that um, to obviously to take her flat jacket off, she has to remove most of her clothes, mm. and they realise that the boat's run out of petrol. And this is when, I think, again, the, the time, the daylight, it becomes day there. It's as if it's morning. Yeah. So I don't know whether it was just, again, 
a continuity error or whether they're just thinking it's just they've spent all night in this this bar and it's gone it's actually later than we all expect it's now morning I, I think don't know. I think it's a continuity error but I think it's also a deliberate choice to shoot it like that with mm. just the sun starting to rise in the distance because mm. it looks very beautiful mm. what do you think of the, like the, the the photography of the movie does it strike you in any particular way um, I thought that there, because some of the uh, scenery was amazing and later on when um, they end up in Sanchez's home as well it's really beautiful there and it's um, there are very very beautiful parts of it um, but you can definitely tell it's all it, it, again quite old fashioned Bond movies had not really evolved in style no it's, it's definitely not like the current ones in any way like it is still very much that era which is funny because something that they've always done is riffed on trends in popular culture at the time so for this and Central American drug dealers, it really is following 80s action movies, like mm. Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, that kind of thing. Mm. In the early 70s, they did Live and Let Die, which is kind of a black exploitation Bond movie. Mm. The Man with the Golden Gun, which is like a Kung Fu Bond movie. Mm. And the modern ones have clearly borrowed from things like Christopher Nolan's Batman films yeah, exactly. and Jason yeah. Bourne films. Yeah. Sometimes that works out, sometimes it doesn't. It was definitely a lot brighter, though. There was a lot of colour, there was a lot of it wasn't like the current ones was a lot darker yeah, and a lot sort of greyer and more washed out this, yeah. this has a a vibrancy to the scenery yeah, definitely so after this they, they essentially they're making their way to a place called Isthmus which is in Panama well it's supposed to be a separate country okay this is I got a bit confused with this so yeah I'm a, I assumed it was Panama well it may as well be yeah. but they just didn't want to say outright because the point is that Sanchez rules the entire country yeah okay um, in fact, before they get there, we do have the one scene in London with Money Penny having been keeping tabs on Bond, mm. and her her work is suffering because she keeps making typing errors. Yes, she's made five errors in this one page alone. I know. Um, wow. So she puts through a call to Key Branch. So I've written, I've written here, Isthmus, definitely not Panama. <laughs> okay. It's definitely not any massively corrupt Central American no. country at the time but uh, with all his his riches that he's brought along mm. he checks into the best hotel in town he asks for champagne fresh flowers every day yeah massive tips to all the people around yeah. and introduces Miss Kennedy yeah because Kennedy Bouvier oh uh, yeah 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 uh, as his executive secretary yeah and she's furious yeah she's not happy with that because she doesn't she doesn't appreciate immediately that uh, this is you know, Isthmus is it's a man's world mm, and doesn't like being called Miss no Miss will do thank you but the fact that when, when she objects Bond just laughs in her face yes <laughs> but also again he says oh you know if you're going to be the executive secretary you better go get some clothes as well yeah you better look the part yeah So, but she accepts this all in the end she goes alright then go. well, she accepts his argument yeah um Maybe because he's not maybe used to having to take a more subordinate role. Yeah. But but initially Bond is happy to pay her off and say right here's here's your money, you know get get out of the country because it's probably not safe. But she wants to stay. She wants to get Sanchez as well because she's the only remaining person that he hasn't killed. Mm. So she went. And she quite liked Bond as well. I'm sure that has. Listen, they have just slept together, and I thought 
it's like they just added that into the script at the last minute yeah. and they've made no changes to any of the surrounding scenes no because it works better if they don't sleep together and if they if they don't have any kind of romantic yeah if they're just business partners essentially well if it kind of, sort of develops a bit but there's nothing over until right at the end of the movie yes exactly then, and then her jealousy towards Lupe mm. you could maybe play down a little bit and it would feel a bit more natural that mm. so she and Bond have this relationship that's developing but then mm. Bond seems to be interested in someone else mm. to think well what about what about me yeah I mean I'd be jealous I'm a man <laughs> I have feelings too you know well so we, we now look we, we then cut back to Sanchez and, and again Lupe's with him and he has this iguana yeah. on his shoulder and again this is the, that's the more Bond villain-esque sort of the, e- the, the, horror, the evil pet yes evil pet has been introduced um, who's got like a diamond uh, necklace on like Blofeld's cat in Diamonds Are Forever oh yeah because of the diamonds mm. um, oh Bond has also deposited all his money in all his, the... his in, the yes. in the local bank which is obviously owned by Sanchez yes mm. and um, <laughs> he comes into the uh, manager's office oh I'd like to make a deposit the manager goes, yes, well, no, no, can't you talk to someone outside? Yeah. And then someone comes in carrying a very heavy suitcase. Yes. Oh, please come in! Mm. Which I imagine probably still happens. That happens in my bag. <laughs> when you go in with your suitcases. Well, I, uh, I used to bank with someone who will remain nameless that managed to ruin my account for me by accidentally bankrupting me. Oh. Uh, that's all fixed now. But um, their attitude changed very quickly yes. when they uh, started to think, we might have opened ourselves up to lawsuits with this. Yes. Pam comes in, yes. having had her executive makeover. Her makeover, yeah. And Bond does a double take. <laughs> she looks very slick now. It's the gelled hair. It, yeah, I, I'm not a fan. I, I like the hair before, but you know. But it's, it's suddenly very 80s mm. with the shoulder pads and... Definitely. Elsewhere in the bank, some new investors are being shown around by... The Orientals. Yes. As they are referred to later on. Now, I understand why they're not referred to as the Asians. Because Mm -hmm. in the UK we associate that with people from India, Pakistan, Bangladesh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I listened to an American podcast talking about License to Kill and they... The thing is, (laughs) you can't really say the word Orientals in America. It's almost racist okay but because the writer was British it kind of got lost in translation oh I see so they are actually Chinese yeah but the problem is they could have said that Mm. rather than imply that it's just from that whole 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 region region yeah Yeah, exactly yeah Um, so Sanchez is sort of wooing them as well yeah he's wooing them for his his latest business venture but they're being shown around by Truman Lodge Mm. Sanchez's money man who has a backstory that was left out of the final script, oh. which is that he was involved in the stock market crash a couple of years earlier. Ah. And he was one of the people who precipitated it through insider trading. Oh. And he's now wanted in every country <laughs> in the Northern Hemisphere, so he has to go and work for Sanchez in Central America. Mm. Well, again, I can understand why I had to cut bits. It, it... It's, I mean, it's, it's a longish movie. It's nearly it two and a quarter hours. Yeah. 
But it's packed. I mean, it's, it's never feels slow, I don't think. I thought, well, I, we get to a point soon where I was starting to get a bit tired, actually. Um, I think it was when they were in Isthmus, because I was thinking, gosh, it's going on and on, and I don't know what, you know, where what's happening now. Um, but again, I don't know if I'm a massive Bond fan. I'm still... I, it's not my film of choice, necessarily. Sorry. Right. That's OK. Um, but I did think... Yeah, it was getting, and, and uh, I think the action sequences can be very long, and I was finding them long when they were happening. Right. And I lose a bit of interest. Uh, the, the the climactic action chase at the end. Yeah, that does go on a bit longer than it needs to. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And because they, and because they keep stopping and starting, mm. it loses it literally loses momentum. Yes, because. It, well, we'll talk about it when yeah. we come to it. But um, in the casino, in the casino, yeah, where which obviously has a nice relationship with the bank. Yes, Bond is playing blackjack and he's doing rather well, mm. but he's also making huge bets, and this is, this attracts Sanchez's attention. Yeah, and on TV all this time, there's a televangelist show. Yes, which I didn't understand until further on in the movie. Because obviously it's something connected to them, and they're yeah. talking about these new churches or something. And yeah, I... it's it's so many churches, and we've got to raise this amount of money. Yes. But it's all code. It's it's like a marketplace for drugs. For drugs. drugs. Yeah. Because the, the number of churches, the number of um, is the the number is the number of kilos. That's not right. Well, at one point they go, "How much do we need to get?" And they oh, put a board up saying twenty-two thousand. Yeah, it's it's twenty-two thousand. Per kilo. Okay, right. Um, for for each of their meditation chapters, so yes. it's, it's kind of negotiating in plain sight, which mm. is what he does earlier with Killifer, when he's talking about the million dollar bribes. Oh, no, two million. Mm. Yes. He's flat out offering the money to Killifer in front of all the others. Yeah. But Professor Joe, I, I, I he's a he's a fun character. This very gaudy, um, flamboyant type. Yes. Did you read up about who plays him? No, I didn't. Wayne Newton is a huge star in Las Vegas. Oh. He. When? Wayne. Back then. At, at the time, yeah, he was a, he mm. was a huge James Bond fan. He wrote to the producer asking if he could be in a Bond film. Aww. So they created this character that's a perfect fit for it. Mm. He has to be this very sort of flamboyant type. Mm. And he even has his own catchphrase. Bless your heart. Yes. <laughs> he is a good character. Someone, mm. someone I remember suggested that it was a bit like um, if Bruce Forsyth played a jovial hitman. Hmm. Yes, I can see that. So uh, they then send Lupe down as well to the casino. Yeah. Who's still wearing red? That's another thing I noticed. For the most of the part, of the first half of the film, she only wears red. Well, she's one of those fiery Latina types. Oh yes, yes. But I find that actually Bond was as tanned as she was throughout this film. I, no, just as a, a side comment. Well, well, he's Welsh. Well, there you go. Um, so she goes down and starts um, starts being the croupier. Croupier. She's almost trying to I think, talk him out of trying to tangle with Sanchez because mm. of how dangerous he is. But um, and also he sends Pam away to order a martini. Yes, shaken, not shaken, stirred. and she's. The justice said, no, not stirred, shaken, <laughs> as doing the shaken gesture while looking at Bond. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Which I think is a joke lost in the Americans. 
And um, Lupe takes Bond upstairs to meet Sanchez. Mm. And <laughs> Pam drinks the martini <laughs> in one go and then pulls a disgusted face. I've had a, a Bond vodka martini. They are lethal. Well, yeah. But then that's what you expect. Bond would be... Uh... Would, would always have a high tolerance, I'm sure. Yeah. Hmm. There was a story, I remember, that supposedly the first line of the first Bond novel was, Bond lit his 90th cigarette of the day. <laughs> you know, you never see them eating. Uh, not in this one, no. Oh, there's never any eating. But, yeah. Well, I think the problem is that it's difficult to do dialogue while you're having an eating scene. Mm. And it requires you to be static, so you can't have much action either. Yeah. So it doesn't really fit. Work for them, no. Up in Sanchez's office, Bond is scoping the place out. And he describes himself as a problem eliminator. Yeah. Who is temporarily unemployed and looking for work. And Sanchez is intrigued by this and decides to go on a background check into Bond's personality. And when they head back to the hotel, the receptionist tells Bond and Pam that Bond's uncle mm. has waited for them in their room. So they're like, right, okay, give, give me your gun. So they're yeah. ready to go in. They burst in, and it's Q. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Q was a great addition to this. I thought he was... Um, he's, just, he was a great, he's a great character anyway. Oh, yes. But uh, he, he was... He really helped the, the end part of this movie, I thought. He... He's almost the comic relief, mm. but because he's such a, 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 re- a well-known recurring character, he doesn't weigh it down. He actually contributes to the story. Yeah. Um, and in this case, because obviously Bond has not had any support from uh, London as such, he's, he's not had any of his, not just the gadgets, but any, anything really. Any, any real assistance of any, any kind. Any real assistance. So this is where... It becomes a little bit more bondy. Q has smuggled some of his own gadgets yes. over to Isthmus, including a fingerprint gun mm-hmm. that only the programmed user can operate, yeah. which is a, uh, a device that comes back in one of the Daniel Craig films, um, and various other comedy gimmicks, like the explode, exploding toothpaste. Yes, I know, that was great. Which I think is a really good idea. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the, the alarm clock. The exploding alarm clock guaranteed never to wake anybody up. Yes, that was very good. Which is, doesn't appear again. Mm. And the aforementioned X-ray laser Polaroid camera. Which again doesn't appear, does it? No, it's a bit too silly. Uh, I liked it, but yeah. And I've, I know of someone who, because they, they take the picture mm. and it's Bond and Q flitting out of the way. It's like, don't use the flash! As, as the laser hits a portrait of El Presidente. Yes. And the first time I watched it, <laughs> so misunderstood the scene, I thought, as well as seeing Bond's skeleton and Q's skeleton, you could see the skeleton of El the, Presidente. The Presidente, I know. <laughs> I know. Which, I think, if they had put that in, that would have been great. Well, Just a little throwaway gag. Yeah. It, it was a very funny moment. I really like that. The X-ray Polaroid was my favourite gadget of this film. <laughs> Um, Bond thinks that he's going to be sharing a room with Pam, mm. obviously, but she goes and then closes the door behind her. Good. And again, that is what she should be doing in this film. I agree. <laughs> As Q is testing to see which of the beds in the other room is the comfy, yes. <laughs> Bond is worrying that he snores. Ah. Uh. Late, that's the following night. 
Bond sneaks into the service area of the hotel, rappels down from the roof using a bungee cord in his cummerbund. Of course. And slowly lays the exploding toothpaste, toothpaste along yeah. the bottom of the armoured glass mm. while Sanchez is sweet-talking the Chinese visitors. Yes. And there was a recurring thing there where, just as Bond sets down on the window ledge, a pigeon with a, takes off with a flurry. Yeah. That's a recurring... Um, gimmick of the director John Glenn okay. all five of his Bond movies have the pigeon, the, the, the pigeon scare moment oh okay <laughs> what have you brought to this film I brought the pigeon scaring moment well Glenn started off as an editor um, and he was sort of had come up through the Bond family um, and the, I think he was employed on the movies not for his artistic vision but mm. his technical skill mm. and I think it really shows that for the most part, the movies are very well edited. They're very lean and brisk. And there's not really any fat on them. No. So I think that there's things that could benefit from being quicker, but they're efficiently made. They're always efficient, yeah. I feel. Yeah. I think later on, I think Quantum of Solace in particular, I think is appropriately enough, a car crash of a movie. <laughs> uh, and Spectre was a dud. We won't get into that today. That's a long talk yes, that I've had with exactly. other people. Wow. So, yes, yeah, so Sanchez is, is chatting away to the Chinese and, uh, and he's saying, OK, so this is how much it's going to be per, per one, essentially. Yeah. And there's one person in that group who says, OK, well, you know, uh, could we have a look at the facilities? You know, could we see what we're, uh, what we're actually buying? And, of course, that immediately arouses suspicion yeah. in Sanchez. He's thinking, hmm... Um, but so that's how that bit sort of ends and they then move them on to the uh, better room which has girls and alcohol. So they get all taken in there. In the meantime, Bond has sort of got in a car and gone across to another building. Yeah. But has been followed. Yes. Mm. And while the Chinese are enjoying hospitality... Yes. Um, Sanchez meets with El Presidente. Oh, yes. And he's saying, oh, my, my, my cheque wasn't so big this month. Yes, you passed my cheque. His bribery cheque. Yes. He should set up a standing order. Well, maybe there wasn't such a thing then. That's the pur- purpose of standing order. Corruption. <laughs> so, well, you know, you were, you were very quiet when I was arrested, you know. <laughs> One of my, it's possibly my favourite line in the movie. And remember, you're only president for life. Yes. It's a good one. It's very good. But he also can see... When Presidente leaves, and he also sees then Pam. Pam, who's meeting with Sanchez's head of security, Colonel Heller. Heller, yeah. So he thinks that she's betrayed him yes. in some way. But he sets off the blast, blows up the window, tries to take the shot, but he misses at the last minute because he's attacked by ninjas. I know. <laughs> yes, mass ninjas have attacked him and captured him. And they capture him and yeah. they take him away. He gets captured a lot in this film as well. Yeah. I thought a few too many times, personally. Well, it's a lot, he spent a lot of time behind enemy lines. Yeah. So they take him away, and you're thinking, what is this now? What is going on? And uh, he ends up in this little house with uh, the two ninjas, one of which turns out Len is a girl. Yeah. And, Imagine uh, that. Hmm? A, I know. A woman. A female ninja. And uh, and the Chinese man who I think it's Mr. Ten is it or Tan? I don't recall, but he's the one who who initially had said to yeah. Sanchez, "I want to see the goods," 
And he obviously turns out to be some agent. Yes, he's working for the Hong Kong Narcotics Hong Kong. Bureau. Yes. Who's, who in turn are working with MI6. Yeah. Um, because and there's an MI6 man who's going to give Bond an injection of something to take him back to London. Yes. But at that moment, Sanchez's army appears. Yes. <laughs> blows the place down. Machine guns the ninjas. I know. Uh, including the, the, the guy from the, the group of investors is... Kill, uh, he's shot down the uh, the lady ninja who's clearly that is very close with yeah she commits suicide by soldier by running at them yeah for, and as they're trying to interrogate him he bites onto a, a cyanide, cyanide capsule. capsule I mean it's really earning its rating yeah it is yeah and this is where it's getting it was getting more and more violent towards yeah. the second half of this film so this was the sort of start of this violence actually well, not start, but it was getting harder. <laughs> so, uh, and the MI6 man gets killed as well. Yeah. And Bond wakes up in a beautiful mansion looking at a horrifying fish sculpture. Yes. With a weird face. With a person's face. Very odd. But I think the part of the reason they've taken him is because he was bound. Um, you know, yes. he was there sort and of... The, and that's, that's proof that, oh, that he is on the up and up. Yeah. So Sanchez is still quite confused by who this person is mm. and whose side he's on but he gets through the results of his background check mm. which is it's that it's exactly what uh, Bond told Sanchez that yeah. he's a former British agent yeah. um, and that the insider that Bond suggests must be working inside to have facilitated this assassination attempt mm. um, could well be arriving in the country that night and by sheer coincidence, so is Milton Crest. Yes, on the Wave Crest. Mm. And it is a very beautiful home that they have shot that in. Yeah, that's a, a real house, is it? obviously, uh, in Acapulco. Oh, nice. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't mind going there. It looks lovely. Yeah. Um, so at this point, Bond seems to change his tactics. Mm. Rather than just killing Sanchez, he now seems determined to... Destroy the organisation. Yeah. And it made me think of Mission Impossible, of that sort of infiltrating organisations from the inside, of having a team of specialists you're working with. Mm. Except he's on his own. He's got Pam and Q. Well, he's got Lupe to an extent. Yeah. She helps him. Don't trust Lupe. She. She's, I think, going more by self-interest. Yes, It's in definitely. her interests to side with Bond. Yeah. Um, but she helps him get away. And at one point, Timothy Dalton's accent lapses in a very weird... He says, nasty. So things are about to turn nasty. Yeah. He goes really northern. But he's Welsh. Well, I know. I, I just sound really northern. I know. Um, and he escapes by clinging to the side of a speedboat. Again, in the water. He's in the water a lot in this film. <laughs> Yeah, As he gets I don't know why he didn't get in the back of the boat and just covered himself up or something. But oh, then they might have noticed. Yeah, it makes it a bit more exciting, more dramatic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he, get, he gets back to the hotel as Q is tinkering with something and Pam is smoking for the first time in five years. <laughs> and he accuses her of working with Sanchez. Yeah. But it turns out she's actually she's involved in another plot as mm. well because Sanchez has got hold of Stinger missiles and is threatened to shoot down passenger airliners if the CIA doesn't back off mm. and he was trying to make a deal with Heller to get the stingers back because Heller will be given immunity if he actually helps yeah yeah and so Bond's private vendetta 
is wrecking everyone else's plans. Yes. Hong Kong Narcotics, the CIA, he's just steamrollering through. All these other institutions, yeah. Yeah. So their plan is incredibly complicated. <laughs> it is, actually. It is quite complicated. Pam assumes the position of harbour pilot. Yeah. Steers the wavecrest into the harbour, but crashes it deliberately. Yes. In the chaos, Bond swims in through the underwater hatch, pulling with him the... Four and a bit million. Four, four and a bit million yeah. dollars, which he hides in the decompression tank. Which is the money that he originally... Which he originally... Took saw. from Crest. Yeah. Which Crest still owes to Sanchez. And Crest meets Sanchez and is trying to explain this, and Sanchez thinks he's trying yes. to pull a fast one. Exactly. So, uh, and, and it does take a little while for me to get all this, but um, they're essentially trying to put the money back in the boat... So that Sanchez thinks that Crest has obviously been lying all along. He has the money, he just doesn't want to give it to him. Exactly. So this is all going on in, the, in this lower part of the boat where they've got this pressure cabin where they've stuffed all the money. Yeah. And finally uh, Sanchez comes down, Crest comes down and two henchmen. And Bond and Pam are just sort of They're hiding, in the, hiding. In, the, in the water. Yes. And they see the money and so Crest goes, oh, that's, that's not my money. Yeah. And he says, that's right, it's mine. <laughs> Pushes him in the tank. What is the tank originally? Decompression. Okay, so for, for going down right Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, there, there is a good reason for it being there. Fair enough. Um, he turns up the pressure really, really high so that Crest's ears are uh, popping. Popping. And then he takes a big machete that he happens to have and chops the pipe. Yeah. And Crest's head explodes. Yes. Yes. And as he's walking out, one of the henchmen says, Oh, Patron, what about the money? Launder it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was a horrible way to die. That was the most yeah. gruesome of the deaths. That was the big problem that the BBFC had when they were classifying this. They had to cut that right down. Yeah. They since slackened it, so the, the, the Blu-ray is the uncut version, but originally that would have been an 18. Mm. It's, it is weird. But the shot where his head just expands like a It sort of like expands out and flattens, yeah. It's weird. Mm. But he's a horrible man. Mm. I mean, what, yeah. ha- what happens to Sanchez is arguably worse because it takes him much longer to die. And but I think that'll be quite painful, though, the pressure one. Yeah. But yeah. But it's quicker. Mm. Bond keeps telling Pam and um, Q to get out of the country. Yeah. And they are all, they always say, no, we're going to stay because they're loyal. Yes. Because loyalty is more important than money. Yes. Uh, and Bob manages to get back. <laughs> Sanchez rushes back to his villa, they burst into Bond's room, and Bond gets up sleepy out of bed. Yes. And he's like, oh, oh, oh no. my eyes. Oh, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. But they've also used Q again in the... Uh, yeah, Q... Again, is... uh, he gets used in such great roles. He was a, a road sweeper. Yes. <laughs> well, I like that when, when they're... In the harbour, he's got a little captain's hat on. Oh, I know. He's great, Q. Um, Lupe also goes back to the to Bond's hotel mm. to meet with Q and Pam. Well, after she slept with him already. Yes. So she seduced him and said, take me with you when you go. <laughs> and um, as, as all this is coming out, Q rolls his eyes. Uh, <laughs> Q's seen it all before, you see. He, know, he, knows, oh, he knows exactly what Bond is like. Yeah. This is the sort of thing that always happens. Yeah. And after she goes, 
Pam is just blatantly taking the mickey out of his. Oh, oh, I love him so much. Yeah. Oh, he's well. It, you know, my dear. Sometimes agents have to do things in the field that they wouldn't dream of doing in their normal lives. Yes. Oh, bullshit. Yes. Following day, they're setting off in convoy to the um, meditation center. The meditation center. Because again, they're going to show the Chinese the the center. So that has been planned yeah. all along. Yeah. And Q watches them go dressed as a Mexican road sweeper. That's it. Yes. With his big funny moustache. I love it. Uh, with his sweeping brush radio. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Which he throws into the head as soon as he's finished with it. I know. Waste. Having always told off Bond for never bringing back. Wow. But actually, that was not a deliberate shot. That was that's that's Desmond Llewellyn getting the prop out of shot for the next take. Oh. But they left it in because they thought that it would be funny. Yeah. <laughs> Just for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, then there's a bit about Pan's plane is being mended by order of Sanchez, and I thought this is a bit out of nowhere, it doesn't really have any relevance to anything. It doesn't have any relevance because she ends up getting a plane anyway. She just steals another one. Yeah, I just thought, yeah, it was a waste, it was, that mm. was a waste of about three minutes. And as they're being shown around this meditation centre... Because Bond's been taken along for the ride Bond, as well. Bond's been taken along is because he's now Sanchez's closest confidant. Well, <coughs> yes. Well, well, for the moment anyway. Yes. Um, we see what their plan is, and it's to dissolve cocaine in petrol. Mm. which can then be transported easily all over the world mm-hmm. and they have this chemical process to reconstitute it again yeah this is odd you know and we'll even let you keep the gasoline as a gift yes <laughs> again he's he's being a really good host charming yeah, yeah. So showing them all around so, oh, and do this and that and, so, yep. and we'll even give you that as a special offer and there was also the comment about the meditation centre, how it had been created as a cover, but it was actually doing quite well for itself yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah, it's making its own profits. Yeah. It, it all kind of, it's all going well, and then Benicio arrives. Yeah. And recognises Bond. Yeah. And that's when it all kind of turns. Well, before that happens, Pam turns up. Oh, uh, yes. And buys her way in with this huge pile of leftover money. <laughs> and uh, Professor Joe comes to meet her. And they go off to his private, soundproofed meditation chamber. Yes. Where he gets to be creepy at her. Very creepy. <laughs> but she uh, locks him in and takes one of their white robes. Yes. And in the, in the lab, Dario's got his gun on Bond. Mm. And they're going to take him outside and do horrible things to him with mm. chainsaws. But uh, Sanchez is still in the middle of this, his mine host routine. Mm-hmm. So no, and, and if you ever have any problems with customs... It's petrol. Yeah. It disappears. It takes a, a, just a light, a lit spill, drops it in a glass of gasoline, and the whole thing just goes whoosh, mm. and Bond grabs it and throws it in the corner of the room. Yeah. And uh, this reminded me of a TV show that often turns up on the lower ca- uh, cable channels. It's called Destroyed in Seconds. Oh. Because the entire facility turns into an inferno immediately. It does, doesn't it? I know, it, from one room, which people are trying to... They stay in there to try and contain it. You see the scientists trying to battle it out. Yeah. But no, it's never going to work. The place immediately yes. turns into a fireball. Yes. <laughs> There's lots of petrol, admittedly. Yeah. Mm. Bond is exposed as the man who is working with the CIA. Yeah. Sanchez... Um, believes Dario and they throw him on the special conveyor yes that drops packets of cocaine into the mangling thing yes into the grinding mashing yeah. machine yes and again he sometimes gets another brilliant line when you're, when you're up to your ankles you'll be begging to tell me everything 
when you're up to your knees, you'll kiss my ass to kill you. <laughs> and, he's try, and he's trying to play on his obsession with loyalty and his paranoia. Mm. And even brings up the stingers. Mm. And that persuades Santos at least to go and check for himself yeah. and leave Dario in charge. Yeah. Yes. It's just as Bond is dangling from the end by his, his wrist ties and Dario reaches over with his knife to cut through them, giggling at him all the while. Yeah. With his crazy eyes. Yeah. Mm. Pam suddenly appears in her white robe. Yeah. Dario looks up and because as far as Dario knows, she's dead. Yes. It, it took me several viewers to actually realise that. That he'd shot her, that's the Yeah, that yeah. he thought he shot her first. Ah, oh, hey, you're dead. Yeah. So you took the words right out of my mouth, shoots him in the chest, and then he goes into the machine. Slowly as well, it wasn't yeah. a quick bye-bye. Uh, and no. the, again, the, the shots of bits of meat falling out of the bottom were cut uh, originally. I don't think mine had the shots of bits of meat coming out. What uh, medium did you watch? It was a DVD. I bought the current. Um, did it have the cover similar to the Blu-ray there, with the very weirdly photoshopped no. picture? No. Oh, much more old-fashioned so, looking. Fashion looking. Old-fashioned looking. Oh right. It wasn't that. Yeah, sleek been, looking. It may have been the um, the old special edition then. Mm. Um, but <laughs> sorry, it's laughing at the bits I haven't mentioned yet. Um, <laughs> Pam gets to the bus and says, "Oh." James, James, are you okay? He's dangling from this thing over. This yeah. Thing. Switch the bloody machine. Yes. <laughs> uh. Sanchez catches Haller as he's fiddling with the missiles, and he's oh, I was just checking them. Yeah. And the next time we see Haller, he's impaled on a forklift truck. Yes, but again another good line. That's, oh, we came to a dead end. Yes, that was quite good. Uh, that's driven through a wall for some reason. Yeah. Through which Pam and Bond escape, and they drive away in a golf cart. Yes. And everyone is running at this point. So there's yeah. all these little people in white suits running away. Oh, all, the in- med- all the meditation people as well. Yes. Yeah. Shocked that their monastery yeah. is exploding in yes. flames. Truman Lodge tries to make a run for it with all the uh, bearer bombs that the Chinese have given him, mm. and um, they drive past Professor Joe, making yeah. run for it with his bag full of money that Pam gave him. <laughs> And he takes that back, and yeah. she takes it back. And you can just hear him bless your heart. <laughs> but the tankers are full of uh, cocaine petrol and driving away. Yeah. It's the last, the cornerstone of Sanchez's empire. Yeah. And um, as Bond and Pam follow in, the, uh, in their little plane, mm. and... Bond drops onto one of the tankers. Again, drops off the plane. Yeah. Drops off the plane onto the tanker as people are shooting at him and the, the bullet ricochets from the tanker play the Bond thing. Do they? Yeah. Oh. Oh, I didn't notice that. It's, it's very, very subtle, isn't it? You don't notice it. Okay. Out to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's basically the start of the next, I don't know, 15 minutes? It's, it's a long sequence of this, yeah. of this truck chase around... The high Very dusty, roads. yeah, roads. Um, With both jeeps and the massive trucks. Yeah. Um, Bond manages to get control of one of the yeah. tankers, runs another one off the road. Yeah. Um, they <laughs> then manage to manoeuvre on one side. Oh, just on one truck. side. So yeah. they, when they try to shoot him with one of the Stinger missiles, it goes right underneath him. Yes. The truck that he's already run off the road as the driver, who looks like Mario... Who's bit listened to? La 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 la. 
Yes, not stereotypical at all. No, but as, he, as he's making a run for it from this exploding fireball. And then, and then he manages also, after he's manoeuvred it on, only on one side of the wheels, then he also manages to do like a wheelie with the truck. Well, only with the cap. Oh, I'm not, sorry. Not the whole lengthy thing. Fair because um, I wonder whether MI6 really trains people to do these things. No, it's like the uh, Association of Advanced Drivers. Yeah. You can get like, a special licence. Hmm. Why do you think, why do you think I've got that one outside? Well. <laughs> he drops the... Uh, tanker section down the mountain so yep. that it collides with another one yep. into a giant ball of flame um, as Pam goes by with her crop dusting plane and crop dusts the henchman yes and Tr- Truman launches outraged by all this destruction so, oh well done friend another 800 million dollar write off mm. and Sanchez just shoots him because he's fed up with him yeah <laughs> um, but as I say the truck does a wheelie through the fire Bond manages to climb onto the back of the last one which Sanchez is in control of. Yeah. Or, yes, he is. He's, in, he's inside, yeah. Yeah. And Bond opens the valve at the back mm. so that the petrol's coming out and catches fire and the pickup with the henchman inside catches fire, turns <laughs> into a ball of flames and goes over a cliff yes. over the top of, the, of Pam's plane. Yes, because you do think, oh dear, is this the end of Pam? It isn't. No, she's tough. Yeah. The truck comes to a stop and Sanchez tries fighting Bond with his machete. Mm. But he cuts the brake line. Mm. Uh, the driver leaps out as the whole tanker is about to go off is, a cliff. It goes yeah. up to go over a cliff. It crashes down the side of a hillside and cracks open. And amazingly, both are still alive. And both are still alive. Both clearly very wounded, cut and, cut and bruised. Yeah, Bond does not look well. No, and Sanchez gets the upper hand. Mm. And as he ra- and he raises the machete to kill Bond, Bond says, "Don't you want to know why?" Mm. And he pulls out the lighter mm. and lets Sanchez read that it's from Felix. And he lights it. And Sanchez goes up Poof. like a like a Roman candle. Yeah. And they, a lot of his screaming and flailing was cut. Oh. And Bonds, with the last of his strength, staggers away as Sanchez flails around, runs into the tanker, and the whole thing explodes in a gigantic ball of fire. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. And the thing is that before Sanchez kills him, or is well, about to kill him, he says, I, you, I could have given you anything. Mm. And Bond's response is the lighter, because loyalty is more important than money. Mm. That is, that's the thing that wound up getting Sanchez. Yeah. That he's not the only one who prizes loyalty so much. Yeah. And as Bond has a sort of a quiet moment... As he, as he watches the fire and the music turns quite sort of dark and introspective and it's for a moment it's saying that is, was it all worth it? Well this is the pinnacle you know he's been doing the last I don't know how many well how many hours of trying to avenge his friend's death Della and mm. also Sharky and also you know the mutilation of his friend Felix so yeah. I suppose he, he can allow himself a, either a couple of moments of pride that he's got to the end. But it, but it feels more that it's, it's downbeat. It's like as if he yeah. didn't achieve anything. I think he did. He did, and that's why I think it's, it's odd, because if you're going to do that, so that, you know, that, that revenge achieves nothing, really, mm. you kind of have to lean into that a bit more and make more of it. Mm. Or you can just ignore it completely, because it's a Bond movie, and it's fantasy, and you can yeah. get away with not mentioning that. And the guy was a baddie, you know, he's the, the yeah, hardest yeah, person. Yeah, he was a horrible man. The world is better off without him. Exactly. And 
in his pursuing this vendetta, he's actually done the job of the CIA who mm. wanted to get rid of him. Yeah. It's in the deal of Hong Kong narcotics, shutting down his operation. Just that his single-minded devotion and loyalty to his friend. Hmm. So uh, what, you don't think that, you don't understand why they've put that sort of somber no, it, tone it, to it? it, it, it that, just that little moment, it feels out of place. Hmm. I can understand that in the context of another take on this story. Yeah. Like if... Um, if Pam had been so disgusted by all the violence that she leaves him. Yeah. And then he'd say, well, what, or, and if like, he gets a call saying that Felix has died in hospital. Yes. So what, what did all this achieve? Yes. And then the movie ends. Mm. That would have been really interesting. Like the way Honor Majesty's Secret Service ends with Bond's wife being shot dead. Mm. Spoiler. <laughs> but it doesn't end like that. No, it ends with a huge party. I know. So <laughs> is the party at, at Sanchez's house? Yeah, which Lupe apparently has inherited. Well, again, a bit odd. And so they're having a lavish party at this A black type yeah. reception to celebrate yeah. the death of their dictator. Oh, yes, the owner of the house. Lighter is in hospital and he's getting. He's surprisingly cheerful. Yes. Um, he's even got both hands, mm. which he doesn't. In the, in, the, in the book, he loses a, uh, an arm and a leg. Uh. In the film, he's just lost his lower one leg. I think they do say at the beginning, we don't know if he's going to be able to, if they'll be able to save the hands or the legs. Well, he's got holding the phone in one hand and the other's in a sling. Yeah. So I assume that's all, all connect, connected and joined up. Mm. Um, and apparently M is prepared to take Bond back. Yeah. And Lupe appears to have found herself a new... A new... A new bow. Yeah, a absolutely. New, an powerful man to act as her... Protector. Yeah, in El Presidente. Mm, well, but she would rather it be Bond. Yes. Yes. But so and she... that's the moment where you know she's she's being seductive and kissing him, mm. and that's when Pam sees this and thinks, "Oh, you, you... you we've done all of this, and look what you're doing." Yeah, I, th- I thought we had something. Yeah. And and Q as well, mm. who gives her a glass of champagne before she runs off, and he's thinking. <sighs> Typical James. Mm. But Bond uh, leaps over the balcony into the swimming pool and pulls Pam in. Yeah, I thought this was really soppy. (laughs) I thought this was a ridiculous end to the film, personally. Well, the dialogue is deliberately reprising from the earlier. Yes. Why don't you wait till you're asked? Well, why don't you ask me? It was terrible. I cringed so badly. Well, even Q rolls his eyes and starts drinking champagne. Oh, it was awful that bit. I wish it had ended, as you said, like with the, um, with a you know that weird note at the end, watching everything burn. I think you have to you have to tie it up, and I can see the, you want to pay off the bond pan relationship by having them get together mm. because it's a bond movie, yeah, and there are certain paths you want to set the film on to fulfil audience expectation mm. which the Daniel Craig films have often ignored yeah. deliberately he's only, out of his four films there's only one where the girl is he's still with her and she's alive at the end of the movie yeah so that uh, they could have written that scene better oh uh, it was just so cheesy and this is the thing the rest of the film isn't particularly cheesy in, in that way anyway no and it just I, I did think it, 
I wish it had just finished three minutes ago. What did you think of the winking fish? I don't... The, the little... The, the camera, as, they kiss, as they kiss in the pool, the camera pans over. I think I probably just turned away in disgust, to be honest, before I saw the winking fish. Is there like a fish sculpture by the side of the pool? Oh, God. With a, with a lit eye and it winks at the camera. Oh, no. Well, I'm glad <laughs> I didn't see that then. <laughs> well, overall, I think it's a, it is a very good movie. I think it's a very well-written and well-structured plot. Mm. That means it does have a few flaws, but in terms of how to do a Bond film post-Cold War, I think it's a very good template. Yeah, I think the South American, you know, that kind of aspect is good. I did think, as I said, the action sequences, some of them are too long. Um, and I did think there were moments of cheese. But... Uh, yeah, I think it all just comes back down to if you're a Bond fan or not, actually. Really? Yeah, I do. And did you, did you, how did you feel about Pam as a female character? Well, I quite liked her, her being an independent person, you know, not needing Bond to take care of her, her having a bigger gun than him. Yeah. But at the end, honestly, she's just pathetic. It's, the, it's when they come to writing the romantic element. Yeah. They fall back on the easy the thing. The easy stuff, which yeah. Which is a shame, because I think the two characters are a good match for each other. Yeah. But she ends up doing what all the other girls do at yeah. the end. So it, it, but I think that is just the, the, the way that Bond films were written then. You know, it's just, as you say, it's just trying to tie things together. Mm. But as a, a first crack at making things a bit more relevant, a bit more contemporary mm. it's, but it, it's a good try yeah yeah alright well Cinema Limbo will return thanks to Emmy for making the time for this recording Cinema Limbo is now on iTunes with over 30 episodes available so please download review and subscribe Podnose is also on Patreon so please pop up any in the box to help us with our running costs and we're also on Twitter at cinema underscore limbo and in person at j underscore j underscore phillips with two L's however until next time remember he disagreed with something that ate him goodbye you have been listening to Cinema Limbo hosted and produced by Jeremy Phillips with editing and music by Philip Alderman Cinema Limbo is part of the Podnose Podcasting Network, so please visit us at www.podnose.com.